Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It's Christmas time. Christmas. Christmas is here. And <laughs> I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. We love movies. We talked about uh, another classic Christmas movie last week with yeah. uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. We Better our, watch out. A Christmas horror movie. Christmas classic. And, you know, there's this thing that... We've all been tired of hearing about for a decade about how Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie, <laughs> and uh, nobody nobody likes it. But it's always the same level of talked about every year. It's been played. It's been played. Yeah. But Shane Black is a man with many many Christmas movies that should be just as heralded as Die Hard as a Christmas. I think movie. we've got a contender here. Yeah, I, I think, think this action is a, movie Christmas a genuine contender for Christmas classic. Yeah. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Mm. This is na, 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 na. a per- <laughs> How can you not do that after this movie? This that movie has so many of those perfect mid-90s classic touchstones. Oh yeah. And I think was really treated unfairly at the time. This was right in our wheelhouse. I was like 15 when this came out. It was, yeah. I remember renting this movie mm-hmm. after, you know, did not see in the theater. But uh, this movie had so many trailers playing during yeah. like wrestling TV. I remember, other- yeah, you couldn't get away from Gina Davis's short blonde haircut. Like, oh, in yeah. Every interview and somehow. Her jumping out of that building. This looked- you know, me like at 14 watching Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Getting the Always latest her- Gina da, da, Davis da, da, da. Yeah, news. oh, of course. <laughs> I was hot on my Hollywood gossip. Like, what's at what's the hair look like? It's true. Oh. We had like seven channels, so. But like that was iconic when this movie came out in '96. This movie felt huge to fifteen-year-old yeah. me. Yeah. This felt big. I agree. And the thing, though, and you're with me on this, I was a big Cutthroat Island fan. Oh yeah. Cutthroat Island is the the biggest flop <laughs> of that. That like took the heat off Waterworld. Uh huh. In the '90s, it did. It did. But why? You know, it's C- tough to say. Uh, it just no one was into pirates yet. I think. I honestly think it was just like, nah, pirates, no thanks, we're good. <laughs> so, it was the '90s, man. We were into like black ops, CIA. I guess, man. Or like bank a lot of stuff existed stuff. in the '90s and looks so much better in retrospect. Rennie yeah. Harlan, the Finnish director of uh, Long Kiss Goodnight and husband of Gina Davis. Right. The Are partner- they still together? No, I think okay. that was short That was a thing. Yeah, I think that was 90s. And then, uh, you know, it's like maybe not Francis McDormand mm-hmm. and uh, Cohen. Or <laughs> but, but right, that was, there was, was sparks there. It was this special cool thing that gave us these movies. And Rennie Harlan was talked about as a hack. Yeah. But you look at his... I would kill a man for Rennie Harlan's career. He's still as a director. He's still, he's still, working. still working. Yeah, and the kind of stuff that he's done, and he did an Elm Street movie. Man, he did the Dream that was Master. His yeah, you know, he did a Dice movie. Who Wait, could do, who could do a Andrew Dice? Movie? Dice he did, Clay. He did Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Oh, man. I did not know that. That's, That's a awesome. cool thing to do. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a cool credit. But you know, honestly, I ha- I did think this thought watching this movie and thinking about Rennie Harlan, like. So many movies are like a blank movie, a Steven Spielberg movie, right? I don't get yeah. that sense, that vibe with Rennie Harlan. He's he's more that uh, journeyman. Journeyman he'll, he'll, vibes, he'll do your but, project, but I don't know if he owns a movie the way Paul Verhoeven or someone like Cronenberg owns a Cut movie, Throat even Island if they don't write it. Is know? a owned movie. <laughs> Cutthroat Island is a feat, but Die Hard Two, that's a tough sequel to do. Yeah, Die Hard Two yeah, is a yeah. tough sequel, but I like Die Hard Two cliffhanger mm. cliffhangers cool 90s stallone yeah he gets a, he gets to work with everybody these are that's cool. cool staple movies of my rental years mm-hmm. man and i don't think i was aware it was all rennie harlan when i was a kid i don't think i knew the name rennie harlan until cutthroat island when it lost uh when it bankrupted an entire studio. I mean, he, again, Randy Harlan's still working, but not in America. <laughs> <laughs> of 
<laughs> he's his, all his movies are like Chinese or uh, you know European Damn, movies. This... But he's got a movie I want to see out five years ago called Skip Trace, starring okay. Jackie Chan okay. and Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> so he's still working with the A listers. Awesome. Yeah. You do you do like an Elm Street movie, and thirty five years later, you're doing a Jackie Chan Johnny Knoxville movie. That's in China, a, that's a <laughs> sick career. That's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's how, having a good time. Like, how he's cool okay. would it be to be sitting in like a leather recliner with a with like brandy and a cigar, and just to be able to say out loud, like, my movies have bankrupted three <laughs> studios, and Not he's just sitting here. at this beautiful, uh, you know, L.A. Uh, Hills oh, mansion. I imagine it's him the on dream. some mountain in Finland. Right? He's getting to make. The coolest, funnest movies with yeah. explode. You know, it's that kind of big, dumb, fun cinema, but it's not dumb, mm-hmm. and it's incredibly fun, and fun, it is cinema. Yeah, fun and big. That's how I would big, describe man. this movie for sure. Big. This but, man knows entertainment. Yeah. That range of shit. Elm Street movie, Dice movie, pirate movie. I did not know about the Dice movie. That, Dude, that changes We got to do. <laughs> Coming next week for New Year's, Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Oh, no. It's Did we booked. Just, we have to put we Rennie Harlan on our movie, complete man. list. Of... We got to do complete Rennie. Oh, God. Complete 90s Rennie. Okay. I don't want to dip Fair into enough. 20s, 2000s. But cliffhanger. These are fun movies to make. We talk about how Carpenter's gotten to make every kind of genre totally. movie and how awesome that would be as a director. Harlan's done the same thing, just with totally different scattered output. It's beautiful when you step back and look at it from far. The guy... He didn't deserve Cutthroat Island. That's a good yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. I, I agree. It's insane that Pirates of the Caribbean came out like five years later and was the biggest movie of the year. It, you know what it was? It was if they had Johnny Depp instead of Matthew Modine. Modine killed Harlan, huh? Honestly, you watch, you watch Cutthroat Island. It's tough Island. to avoid. It's great. Cutthroat Island is great. Gina Davis is great. The stunts are great. Frank the Langella's in it. He's the ships great. are incredible. The big explosions are there. Matthew Modine Stinks. Matthew Modine is vanilla. He doesn't make it. Matthew Modine would Sorry, be Matt. like if you had Michael Showalter <laughs> opposite Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah, like Fred Savage. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. the lead in my $90 million pirate movie, Fred Savage. And I like Wait, Modine in, in things. I know. Obviously. I know. But it's, he just wasn't it's right tough for to that avoid part. this. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Anyways. But, the, but we're talking about The but, Long Kiss Goodnight. Gina Davis, back to back, action movies, yeah. female lead. I love them. Uh, I love this her. movie. Long Kiss Goodnight. Ten months after Cutthroat Island, they were oh, that this, close together. This was after. Yeah. Oh man, I always assumed Cutthroat was the later movie. No, ten months apart though. Cool. Even regardless of their their order, her that action close, phase, man. Though. She got to make these movies with her husband, a woman who was almost forty. Mm. As this kick-ass La Femme Nikita. <laughs> that it, was a cool back-to-back, man. That's been, a cool She was able to do it all, too. I, you know, I love I love, Davis. I love a lot of Gina Davis. Yeah. Uh, we, ha- we somehow haven't done uh, The Fly. We haven't done The Fly, yeah, right? We have not done The Fly. I can't remember. No, but she's amazing in that. But I love her. And love her she's, in Beetlejuice. I love her in everything. Yeah. Everything she's, she's so in. good. I don't think we've talked about her much for someone that I really I'll do. I'll talk about it right now. I love her this in that movie full, Hero we're gonna... that no one knows. <laughs> Dust it off. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch that movie quite a bit. <laughs> what? We had it on VHS. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, if you don't know, plays like a cranky homeless guy who saves a bunch of people on a plane, including Gina Davis. And the whole time he's like, hey, what the hell? What are you doing here? Get out of here. I loved it. Why and then Andy family? Garcia takes the credit for Dustin Hoffman's heroic efforts. Gina Davis is the strong. You would female have been lead. like nine. Why'd you have I hero? Don't, I don't know. I love Dave. That would be like if you're. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching like the American President. <laughs> you know, it's what we had in the house. You guys don't know. In the nineties, you watched what you had in the collection. And if my mom bought the American President for twenty dollars, I'm watching Michael Douglas and Annette Bening have a lovely romance. <laughs> We had both of those. <laughs> yes. We had both. Dave. I'm not alone here. We had Dave and the American Bear. But like having we Hero in your collection would dramas. be like if you had Fearless 
or yeah. something. <laughs> just like a the weird, just like the Fisher King. Just like, all right, that's a, yeah, that's cool. Um, we were a cool house like that, but uh, but these two movies, man, Cutthroat Island. This was like these were rental store staples. Yeah, for me, like these were immediate cult classics for me because I I didn't get the the hate for Cutthroat Island. You know, I thought it was no, always really cool. It has some of the most insane stunts I've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. One involving a horse with a crazy <laughs> flip. It's insane, and it's all practical. Yeah. And he brings that energy to, like, a spy story. You yeah. know? the Like an alien. This is, this is like nobody and alias. This is 100%. I was thinking nobody so much watching yeah. it uh, for this. Yeah, he... Uh, he nailed it, but but it's a Shane Black movie to me. Oh yeah, it's not even a Rennie Harlan movie. And, and uh, yeah, if you know Shane Black, he's written a lot of action scripts, directed movies that we've always talk about needing <laughs> to do. The Nice Guys, jeez, The Nice Guys uh, is like which I love. It's like my favorite non Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah. movie, and I'm, we keep talking about doing this anyway. We but will. Shane Black is just I love his scripts. Yeah, and, and it's on is, full display here. Every blackism you could think of. This is a is Shane Black dialogue movie. Yeah. Some people don't like that. I really like that. I love that. it. I love it. And I think this is... Sam Jackson shows that he is probably the best person who's ever delivered Shane Black dialogue. I think he was made for it. Yeah. But he's also made so for delivering... He's also delivered the best Tarantino, Tarantino. dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Whoever wrote Snakes on a Plane, he did the best that guy's Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of uh, amazing how many things Sam Jackson has done the best. Yeah. This is a Shane Black movie. This is a Rennie Harlan movie. This is a Gina Davis movie and a Sam Jackson movie. This manages to be all those things at once, Mm -hmm. and I love it. I love that it's constantly everybody getting to shine because the Rennie Harlan shit feels like crazy explosion Rennie Harlan shit, but the Shane Black dialogue runs this whole thing and i think it's great but gina davis is so fun mm-hmm. to me in this movie she i love her in these action leads i love it <laughs> i think she's a great yeah. actress and i know she i she's know her like, performance in this movie gets dumped on i was trying to think of like she reminds me just like of what Charlize theron does now or what sigourney weaver totally did with the alien franchise like just pure the Charlize theron one bad that's, that's accurate yeah but she can also be, you know, a, a, in a league of their own, right? The, in the same kind of I'm time a period. Big 90, 90s Davis. So like Charlize can do, yeah, Mad Max, and then a young adult in the same kind sure. of decade or whatever. Anyways, I love it. But yeah, she is so perfect for this movie, right? For the the amnesiac spy who is misses the, eight years, the miss right? homemaker oh. turned deadly platinum blonde assassin. It's such a great role. Yeah, I would. Oh. This, this, like I said, this movie got you know the. I think this caught the bad uh, press of Cutthroat Island coming so close after it. Must have, yeah. I think that's what this movie did better than mm-hmm. Cutthroat Island, but it still Didn't wasn't do that well though. Wasn't huge, yeah, because it was like a seventy million dollar budget movie. That was a big movie in nineteen ninety six. A lot of helicopters in this movie. That's a s- insane amount of money to give a dude that just bankrupted Carol. Well, Coe. I'm sure they gave it to him well before Cutthroat came out, and then they're watching <laughs> yeah. that, going, "Oh God, no!" But I feel like Shane Black gets that treatment too. Like yeah. his stuff never well, this, gets the audience it should. I almost feel like it's it's the guy he got like rejected because this script sold for four million dollars which was lucrative at the time. He's talked a lot about it. You look at his career, it's pretty sparse between the nine, ten years right after this. Yeah, totally. He got kind of shunned by a lot of his screenwriter friends, he says, for getting paid so much money for oh, this movie. Oh, really? I see. Because $4 Jealousy. million dollars was like two, three times as much as what scripts were going for. So this was a huge, huge press movie for that reason. And then, yeah, you look at his career in retrospect, it was stopped for a decade. Mm. He's made an insane comeback. That's yeah. why I love the guy. Man, you miss 10 years of your career and you just slide right back in. Well, and it, if it wasn't the first one, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was one of the that first ones That was his first one back, out. man. Nine-year home hiatus. Home fucking boom. run. Right? That movie was a home run. And nine years after that, The Nice Guys? This guy is... Not bad. This guy is, you know... Durable as Scorsese at this point. But he's... Uh, it's a great script and, and the... Yeah, it's... Perfectly delivered, but it 
always is funny and at the same mm-hmm. time it's just irreverent and you never you, <laughs> yeah. but, like, but like people don't it has talk so like much this. going on and, and, I, I and one of those it. insanely complicated plots that yeah. you kind of don't need to pay attention to yeah and the movie still works in spite of all that just because the level that it manages to keep up yeah not only is it like yeah this assassin remembering herself like a born identity plot yeah but we also get like the pre 9-11 bombing <laughs> people conspiracy plot <laughs> yeah man and it's like ooh, i don't i didn't you remember know, that aspect you of know the like movie. i know every movie <laughs> I'm, I'm starting this theory that every movie that gd spradlin shows up in <laughs> is automatically now a political thriller that dude shows up as a corrupt senator or like a, right. a corrupt uh, director Which, of the FBI in every movie, man. Yeah. Once he sh- showed up, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, the government's involved in this. That name Political is just, thriller. That's such a name. He's incredible. That's a great name. And it's the movie, if anything, Harlan cashed in on was the casting in this movie. Because it's not just how fun Gina Davis is or how perfectly Sam Jackson delivers dialogue. Mm-hmm. The movie's littered with the great character actors like brian cox oh yeah and david morse mm-hmm. and all those guys you know that keep stepping up the game of uh what otherwise could be a dumb action movie i, I really like craig bierko in this movie i don't Dude. really know him craig. from anything else <laughs> no. but like i looked him up he's like he does a lot of theater and stuff i guess but i guess man. i was like i was i was enjoying timothy I was enjoying Craig Timothy in this. Bierko that's, a, that's a name. Is one of in a movie that has all of these other dudes in it for yeah. the main villain to be Craig Bierko. Tony of nominated. All of the Tony, <laughs> Tony nominated actor. This dude for the is, music man. Well, originally this, he's like a song and dance like comedy guy. It seems like. Oh right? my god! I don't know. I've I have no idea. This he's like the answer to a question nobody asked i have no idea who this guy is except for this movie and the thing is the studio was really pushing for shane black to change gina davis to a dude oh they wanted this to be get this a stallone or seagal movie yeah and shane black stood his ground and got paid four million for that that's cool but could you picture this like how terrible a a stallone or seagal movie would be it would not work. And no. Shade Black said, it would not work. It has to be a woman. Like, could you imagine Stallone just mush-mouthing his way through Shade Black dialogue? Now I, I'm trying to imagine it as Stallone as, like, a happy housewife. <laughs> just and a like, house husband? Like a, Arnold could do it. The, the first fight where the guy shows up with a, a goddamn rocket launcher, one-eyed Jack. Yeah. I just imagine now Stallone hitting him with a pie or... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, like, so Arnold's made that movie like 17 times. Yeah. Where he's, they like, all have, where right? he's just a 290 pound Austrian man who realizes he's not just like a lawnmower. Right. Or he's like True Lies, <laughs> like hiding. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. But could you imagine Seagal like squinting his way through a scene meeting his former fiance? Just <laughs> like. This would be one of the classically all-time bad movies ever with either of those two guys in it. that's bad. And I love proper era Seagal and Stallone. Sure. Just not in this movie. And Yeah, this movie has a lot of those 90s elements. Every time I would see the, like, just army of mercenaries in their black outfits with their automatic weapons, I'm like, that is such a 90s terrorist white guy gang thing. It's a great, like, opening a room on, like, a bunch of guys training. Yeah, kind of thing, and G.D. Spradlin in his presidential robe making a sandwich in the White House kitchen, <laughs> while 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 telling telling people their shit. <laughs> you know, it's it's got that great character from all those guys. But yeah, Greg Bierko, lead villain, sure. Well, and then it's you like, know, I'll get I'll give it to you. The, Could the have sh- been Patrick Malahide. He was he had his yeah, whole yeah. separate weird alternate villain arc the whole time. But no, we'll give the main villain role to Bier. Could have been Morse. But, but no, I, I also have to say I love that the Shane Blackisms of like the character names, great character names. So you've oh, got sure. Charlie Baltimore. Charlie Baltimore is a cool Mitch name. Hennessy. <laughs> and then <laughs> our main Hennessey's villain a tough is name. our main villain is Timothy. Like <laughs> what happened? What happened, Shane? Timothy. We didn't come up with a cool name. Well, even like Brian Cox is like Nathan. Yeah. Like, okay. Like half of them are like cool. He's like, Mitch, I'm saving some cool names Mitch for later. Hennessey That's is a cool the name. The coolest like 
How do you Sam not Jackson love that has. Thing? I bet if I could get a recording of the word Sam Jackson said when he saw his character name was going to be Mitch <laughs> Hennessy, because you know he said something cool. Right. It, it could have been just like a simple like motherfucker, yeah, <laughs> or like I don't know, but I know it was cool, and I love the chemistry between Gina Davis and Sam Jackson. When this housewife wakes up from the cold mm-hmm. and suddenly realizes she has the culinary skills of a chef, <laughs> it's great. It kind of starts like a film noir when yeah. she's describing her missing uh, eight years. If, whoa, oh, God, the voiceover at the beginning. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I have this thing about voiceover. It's weird to me when it's only in one part of the movie. <laughs> Never again. And then never again after <laughs> the first like, 10 minutes. For the next hour like, 50, there's no other voiceover. And then this voiceover is very much something you could have done with newspaper clippings in the <laughs> credits, right? Sure. And then Gina Davis is like, yeah, you would never know it, but eight years ago, and she's telling her whole story of being amnesiac. And then like five minutes later, she just goes, in voiceover, goes, eight years, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just reflecting on the information <laughs> she's on, already given us. It's, it sounds yeah, like when um, you think about it, it sounded crazy. like some of the like, <laughs> like cutscene dialogue in a Resident Evil or Silent Hill yeah. game. I remember life back then. Like, so but weird. she also says these film noir lines. Like, I used to hire expensive detectives. Now I'm on to the cheap ones. Exactly. She gets those weird. She also has a lot of mirror scenes. In yeah. the movie, like really like her other self. There's kind of a really, une- she gets a whole kind of unexplored second identity sub story. Yeah. Like they kind of bring that up a couple times and then it just turns into her as like back. It's just more fun to have her as the fun Bonnie Hunt of spies yeah. than a double evil personality, which they kind of, they kind of drop wisely, but it's still this fun, cool part that once she wakes up, and it becomes more of a buddy movie mm-hmm. with her and Sam Jackson. He's the cheap private eye that she's yeah. hired. Oh, him and Melina Kanakaratis. Uh, why was she only in those two scenes? Right? Could have used her she longer is for the like ride. The person she's that, great. with her big curly 1996 hair and her earrings, like a Midwest Greek Fran Drescher. Yes. You know, I, she's somebody that. Didn't work much. Had a couple of long-running network TV shows. Mm. One of the Memorable CSIs face, but... kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she is like the perfect kind of Scorsese side character in this movie. In two scenes, one of those movies like Boiling Point mm-hmm. that you just want to see these characters right. in more scenes because there's so many cool, fun characters in The Long Kiss Goodnight. But yes. Once it's a buddy movie. Right. And Sam Jackson and her, he's the one that's just uncovered information about who she might have been mm-hmm. during this time that she does not recall. And then the movie gets good. Yeah, it takes about 20 minutes, but then yeah. it gets good. Things yeah. just ramp up, and I love the movie from there on out. Yeah. It becomes this whole other beautiful, crazy, crash paced thing. Well, you finally get to have Shane Black get into what he does best, which is bickering. He is the best at just bickering. Two people in a car, just bullshitting, and yeah. you know he. I really, I love Sam it. Jackson checks out the jogger, and dude, okay, Gina Davis will not let it go. <laughs> she is on him, man. <laughs> but Sam Jackson gets so many great lines. He's so good about the uh, when he has that weird scene where he shows that he has a kid, mm-hmm. and then he like never mentions his kid. <laughs> Like, yeah, he gets to have the, he'd never well, see again, his wife again or his, his ex again. Shane Black puts every like thing that you would do in a script <laughs> yeah. in this script. Every I love it. there's so many scenes where it's like she scolds the kid about trying to steal a cigarette and you see that kid later or you know it's like everything yeah, everything is a callback to a yeah. thing, right? So yeah, then you know Sam Jackson somewhere the good dad. But so while he's doing out. these callback lines, you're still getting great lines like when Sam Jackson tells his kid to tell the mom that he doesn't steal locally. Yeah. That's great. That's great detail work, man, but Gina Davis once she drops the chef's do that line, that's iconic. After That's she's killed iconic. the guy? I want chefs do this. Dude. Chefs do that in our opening. Covered in like pie bits and like does the little lick the finger 
the two versions of it. Ooh. When she first learns she has the knife skills and then flings a knife and pierces a tomato through yeah. the wall. Just way she that. delivers that version versus her licking blood and like meringue <laughs> yeah. off her fingers after she just snapped a man's neck in front of her new husband. Dude, she, that line delivery, I loved it. That's a re, I kept rewinding. Yeah. Tubi's the fucking worst about rewinding Ugh. it, and I kept doing it anyway. <laughs> I kept wanting to see it. I put up it was with it. It was worth it. Absolutely. Those lines, man. And her neck snappings, let me tell you, dude. Gina Ooh. Davis gets a career's worth of neck snappings in this movie. Again, it felt like such a 90s thing to do. Just she like snapping she necks snuck everywhere. up behind people and twisted necks. She broke a deer's neck. She, yeah. <laughs> the first neck snap is, is a deer. She's breaking necks for, for 90 minutes of this movie. You've never seen a character uh, break so many necks, man. Yeah insane guys at the end are just kind of running up to her to get their necks broken yeah like they're not even trying how great <laughs> would it be to make a movie with your significant other that you're just writing in neck break just like no we're doing another one babe like i want to know what they had i want to see on set footage of how he directed her I want to know how this happened. Then you break his neck. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's got some accent in my head. Oh, <laughs> it's insane. Her performance is so fun. That's all I could think of when I watch her in Cutthroat Island is how much fun she looks like she's having. Totally. And it's the same thing here. I like when I get to see actors having fun. I don't necessarily need to have a be the best version of line dial or well, this movie if they're call, having fun, it yeah. reads like that, man. Well, they're yeah, it feels very natural when they're in the car just talking to each other. Yeah. And we, and she's giving him shit about watching the woman and he says <laughs> he says you cold turn on the you could turn on the heater. Oh, they, yeah, they got, they already got like it a doesn't rapport, work, right? But it makes a, a weird noise. It's like all this little yeah, like I said the little well, details. Also, I had no memory of Sam Jackson singing along to England Dan and John Ford Coley, man. You know how much I love. I'd really want to see you tonight. And he oh, gets Oh man, that's yeah. stuck in my head. Totally. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was I sang that the karaoke on your birthday, man. That's funny. And him get he we get this great running bit of him getting the lines wrong and vaguely getting expressions wrong. And in the England Dan song where he says, I'm not talking about the linen. Yeah. Like in a way that nobody's ever misheard that song before. It's just Sam Jackson listening to this AM Gold white people music. That felt like something from Shane Black's real life. Like he right? knew someone must have. Because why would you even? Yeah, where would that yeah, come from? Excuse me while I kiss this guy, kind yeah. of thing. And uh, but that's another thing. Gia Davis just doesn't let these things go. They already have this like great antagonistic friendship, which and is kind of a key to a lot of Shane Black. It is stuff. kind of interesting that like there's no reason for it. Like, no, he's helping her out. Yeah. And she's, he's, she's, he's going pretty above and beyond she's for got a, a private messed up detective. brain. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, uh, yeah, helping her out. But. but this is, as great as Gina Davis is, this is crazy enough in the discussion for all-time best Sam Jackson. Mm. This is one of his best. It's, it's not going to touch it's Jackie Brown. It's, it's not going to touch Django Unchained, his true dramatic mm. work. But for his cult, funny Sam Jackson doing Sam Jackson kind of work, this is untouchable. He fits this character and plays it like nobody else can in his fashion in this movie. Oh, man. I think his fashion in Long Kiss Goodnight is better than Rondell. That green cap Brown. he's wearing. That fuzzy green cap. This is cap. one of the best Sam Jackson With Kangol those... movies. Those bucket oh, Kangols yeah. are sick. The... I think that's where this must have come from that. Because those LL Cool J Jackie Brown. Right? Uh, Kangols in that? Yeah. Oh, Great Kangol work in this yeah. movie. And we also get that fat smoking kid later wearing a Kangol. <laughs> yes. Those are the two best. Sam Jackson wearing the Kangol or a fat white kid. Those are the two <laughs> best. The two best Kangol wearers. They did wearers. that kid wrong, man. That I was... kid got a rough <laughs> two scenes. That kid's got a tough second scene to tell his buddies about. I just, like, they gave him the pisses his pants reaction to, like, hot Piss Gina jeans, Davis walking man. by. I'd be like, no, that kid's getting a boner. No, man. He... Gina Davis, I know, I know an, an adult just said they'd blow his head off, but. She threatened him <laughs> violently, Charlie. I don't care how hot Gina Davis looked in 1996. Well, it was she if you had only the... know Samantha Kane as the frumpy brown-haired housewife, and then you see her with that platinum blonde <laughs> yeah. cut. 
I guess you're right. Boner, yeah, with a, with a sniper rifle in hand. Piss in your pants is not the thing. I, that I, I felt bad for to that. happen. It's in like that. that's it's a like, raw deal for the kid. If I'm that actor, I'm like, really, <laughs> really. I don't think At my least, character would piss his pants. Is it better or worse Rennie? than Can it, I talk to Rennie? Is it better or worse that it was a cutaway close up to his pissed pants? Right. So is it, it better that you didn't, didn't get the him. log shot of the kid so you, his face isn't associated with the pants? So that in my head that kid did not know that that was going to happen. Yeah. He just thought he was scared. Right? And then he like Go invites on. his family to the premiere, <laughs> invites his friends, the whole class comes. Dude. Jerry's in a movie. We gotta Four, go see it. A and bunch then, of fourteen-year-olds up of his pissed pants. <laughs> oh no! Sit next to the girl you like, and there she's wearing a nice dress. Oh, and that, you're you're there with your hair slicked back, like not yeah. pushed back. Your oh, hair here it comes. Here it comes. Back. And then they Here's do the cutaway to your pissed <laughs> jeans. That's not right. That's what I mean. They did this poor kid wrong, man. That's not right. I'm tearing up. Is messy. I'm tearing up right now. That's not cool, man. That kid had to fucking hear that for the rest of his life. <laughs> the worst oh. part about it, the worst part is the other two seeds that he knows he shot was him as the smoking kid. He's the cool kid. He thinks he's the cool smoking kid. I've got two scenes with Gina Davis. I got two scenes uh. Specifically dealing with only Gina Davis. You don't see that kid talking to fucking anyone else. <laughs> he only interacts with Gina Davis while smoking. <laughs> this kid's like a 14-year-old fucking Humphrey Bogart. Exactly. And he takes every kid in his class to this movie to think that he's like wooing and giving the eagle eye to Gina Davis. And then it ends with him. <laughs> Just his cheeks. <laughs> Oh my god. That is too much. That is too funny. This is the rawest deal. (laughs) That that guy in Total Recall. That takes all the bullets. Yeah. The human shield guy on the way to work on like a Tuesday morning. Oh no. That guy at least knew that those squibs he was ready for that i'm telling you there was no way that 12 year old kid knew they were gonna close up on piss jeans that was stunt that was stunt jeans that was not him those were stunt jeans this is worse (laughs) like if you're an actress and they do stunt boobs you stood up for yourself and you said no i'm not gonna show i'm gonna be the one that doesn't show boob in the slumber party massacre that's not gonna be me that's going to be stunt boobs. Good for you. Yes. This kid didn't know somebody was going to have stunt pissed jeans. If you go to a movie and you get like a replacement cool rack, that's not going to be a bad thing. Yeah. They're not going to associate a bad pair of tits with yours, right? You're always... Julia Roberts got good stunt tits in Pretty Woman. Right. You'll shut that down. Just be like, those are not my tits. Those aren't mine. I didn't do this. And and nobody cares. But that kid cannot prove that 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 was not him. do stunt pissed jeans. (laughs) That's brutal. You can't say that. Nobody has ever used stunt pissed jeans as an excuse. That's That's the oldest trick in the book. Oh, my God. This kid. R.I.P., dude. Oh, all right, man. I hope that kid's all right, man. Yeah. I hope he did well. I do feel bad. I feel bad now. But I love this movie, man. I love what it settles into. Yeah. I love Gian Davis delivering her evil lines. They don't explore that side enough. They don't explore evil Davis enough. She settles into her role as a spy pretty well, pretty quick. She's just kind of a jerk when yeah. she becomes like the platinum blonde spy. She's just like, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> like, Just kind of like... Tries to, She's you know, cool under pressure. Play it like she doesn't care about the family or I anything. And I think it's great. Yeah. The stuff we get to see Gina Davis do, again, this seems fun as hell. It was one of those great ones where I remember her on like Letterman and like talking about how she did most of her stunts. You know, that was always a cool thing. Right. I saw like 24 women's stunt names in the credits, so. Sure. There's some I don't stunts, know who though. they were doing stunts for if she did most of her stunts. There's but some stunt work going on here. This is a stunts movie. Yeah. And Harlan does gr- 
the two of them did beautiful stunt work movies and i love a good stunt work movie yeah i love seeing gina davis ice skate on a frozen lake oh. while shooting guys precision iconic through car windows iconic right? there's too many iconic davis moments the scene in this movie i i really was always in my head after renting it and not watching it for 20 years i could still recall the scene where she's got the gun coming up from the water wheel oh, torture thing and just blasting what that a dude. shot man you're yeah. on the water wheel torture and you know wearing the like same thing as like the howard the duck <laughs> Leia Thompson, uh, iconic kind of lingerie, the the negligee looking thing, yeah, yeah. And David Morse, this movie's. Gr- <laughs> I love that they get a bunch of great character actors, but they're all character actors who are always evil dudes. Yeah, and so yeah. there's no twists in the movie because you know when David Morse shows up, being like really nice. Mm-hmm. David Morse is a guy that can get some cold eyes. I love David Morse, but this guy can play dark mm-hmm. and menacing. And then once he shows up being really friendly, you know, you know it's not right. Once, yeah. uh, you know, J.D. Spradlin isn't always going to be 100% legit. I've seen <laughs> that guy play corrupt in 75% of the things he's in. Right. His what? voice is too good to not be corrupt. Yeah. If we've seen enough of these spy movies now to know, like, uh, <laughs> the boss that uh, is, is not going to really be the good guy. Yeah. Her right. handler, Brian Cox, would have been a good guy. He gets taken right. out pretty early by Cox Morris. Cox gets some great... But Cox he also like gets some of those lines that handler. only Brian Cox yeah. can read. Some of his great one-offs. Like, and Shane tomorrow Black, we're going to the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, Shane Black knows how to write quips for the people that are cast in these mm. movies. And that's a huge strength. It never feels like people doing Shane Black dialogue as much as it feels like him writing for these people that he's familiar totally. with. And that's strong. It never felt like Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling were doing a bit. They felt like those dudes. Exactly. There's a good connection with these kind of people. It's a special thing. I love his stuff. And, you know, when you're also including stuff that seems like it's made specifically for me, like Sam Jackson making a vodka tonic while he watches The Long Goodbye. In a hotel room. And Sam Jackson's fashion, even outside of his Kangles. Yeah. Some of his best coordinated outfits. The pants are always very Pants are on point. Yeah. This guy knew how to dress Sam Jackson. That Mm -hmm. gold turtleneck with the green blazer and the green furry Kangle. All-time Sam Jackson outfit. Big time. Big time Sam Jackson performance. I mean, in the discussion of all-time greatest for this kind of movie. Yeah. Snakes on a plane, he elevated for sure. Deep Blue Sea obviously elevated sure, sure, for sure. sure he's great at filling in these kind of movies but this felt different this felt like him like nobody else could have done what he did here mm-hmm. a perfect sam jackson performance like you get yeah. the sense shane black saw pulp fiction was like oh yeah i got it now, i know how to write lines i know for this i know guy. who mitch hennessy is uh, i know mitch hennessy totally it's so cool and it's so great in ways that it doesn't exploit gina davis and you get a shower scene and you get you know mm-hmm. you but it focuses on the her rinsing off the blood because mm-hmm. she just killed like half a dozen men and broke probably a half half of their necks a lot of necks yeah so many necks slap and you get great shots of sam jackson just lighting up newports mm-hmm. while he's getting <laughs> thrown cigarette- from a bronco Man. big cigarette a lot movie. of cigarettes in this movie this movie was pushing Not how just cool cigarettes are man yeah <laughs> this isn't just about piss jeans <laughs> although this is one of the most obscene pissed jeans shots in recorded cinema history but yeah a lot of cigarettes now one guns. thing that kid has going for him <laughs> is that he was in one other scene so he was in two scenes smoking versus only one scene pissing his jeans. I'm, I'm sure. He so I bet he's billed as smoking kid. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> At least the official billing isn't probably smoking kid. If it was just the pissed one scene, kid. it would be pissed jeans kid. But I think the double <laughs> cigarette scenes that she specifically talks about yeah, yeah. saved him. Whatever shred so. of dignity that kid could have had when I that came so, out. Man. I want to. I want to know what happened that night. I feel for that boy, and that's why I feel for this movie. Yeah, this is such a fun action flick, and you look at New Line Cinema's 1996 production and how important that was to video rental for me. 
they lost a lot of money that year. Mm. But they were given big money to cool directors to make big movies. And I loved it. Long Kiss Goodnight came out. Didn't make money. Did well overseas, but not enough to break. Mm -hmm. Last Man Standing came out. The Bruce Willis, Walter Hill, Prohibition Western. Did not do well. (laughs) Turns out 1996, not great for Westerns anymore. Then Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, dude, you're just giving John Frankenheimer, Walter Hill, all these dudes like $50 million to just fuck with. Mm. It entertained the hell out of me, but it did not do well for New Line suddenly jumping up in budget. I almost wonder if by then it's like that stuff had been so bloated with the diehard movies and Schwarzenegger. I I feel like by 95, Schwarzenegger is already like. A lot of, I on mean, the yeah, Seagal was always out stuff. by like 94. So Jean-Claude Van Damme was on the downswing by 95. Sudden Death was his first bomb, no matter yeah, how yeah. good it is in retrospect. It's so looking that back, that 95, 97 had a lot of great ones, but it was also when stuff like Broken Arrow was hitting yeah. over here. We were starting to get John Woo, Jackie mm-hmm. Chan movies were starting to get shown uh, several years later. Yeah, yeah. You know, Rumble in the Bronx and... Uh, yeah, it was just, all started trying to think. It's like action yeah. just started changing in what played in the theaters. You know, we were getting into cooler shit like Con Air or uh, The Rock. Michael you Bay know, stuff. Michael Bay was coming along. Like it action was changing, level. but The Long Kiss Goodnight still feels like no, nah, it's worthy. It belonged there. Oh. It belonged better, and I think it was that. Like we, I said before, being so closely associated with what a bomb Cutthroat Island was. We've talked about this before when. The movie comes out that people just find joy in trashing publicly. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie we just love to dump on. Like, I don't feel as bad for the Eternals getting mocked <laughs> endlessly. But when it's something closer to me, like Cabin Boy, became becoming the one where every critic's using their puns mm-hmm. for all their dunks. Like, this is the one we get to use it on this year, guys. I think him coming within the exact same year of cutthroat island when that movie had been the one that's that's a close comeback yeah yeah. that's tough to distance yourself from no matter how undeserving it was because looking back for all the talk about die hard as a christmas movie this is a closely affiliated christmas movie oh this is a total christmas movie this is this is 100 percent. there's no stupid debate about santa parade uh small town stuff and uh yeah it's all christmas the whole way through but that's a that's another blackism. But what I've noticed, I looked around before we started. Uh, there's a lot of the other kind of associated action Christmas movies like Die Hard that are getting played on different TV channels, uh, mm. New Year's Eve lineup. The way TBS shows a Christmas story all day. Right. right. Others are doing Die Hard all day or Black Christmas, that kind of thing. Mm. No channels are showing Long Kiss Goodnight. The only streaming platform that this is on is Tubi. Yeah. Which feels insane. The level of shit you could watch on Tubi that is so (laughs) straight-to-video garbage, like, ooh, The Lamp from 1989, (laughs) Mm, from the genie horror subset of that two-year period, and let's do it. But The Long Kiss Goodnight is a $90 million movie. This should be getting 4K Blu-rays. You know, this should be celebrated these kind of action circles and it just doesn't get shown that's what we're here to do guys we're here to celebrate it. this movie is as good as those kind of 90s action movies only it was made when action movies were more out of style i i think the it last changing i think the last half hour of this movie is maybe some of harlan's best work cutthroat island included yeah. the the pacing the ticking time bomb aspect of the last the, the oh yeah the big rig chase <laughs> the helicopter on the bridge the whole bridge the whole scene, thing it was like mouth like wide open, beautiful. action beauty. Just great stuff. Yeah. The final explosion is maybe one of the big ex- oh. explosions I've seen in a movie. We get some good, ex- we get a multi, a long- like a five level building implosion. Oh, yeah. With characters getting blown upward and outward. Oh, get, yeah, yeah. Sam Jackson get, going through the like motel sign. We get so many people flying out of walls through things. 20 minutes in, uh, what, some old assassin that Gina Davis blinded with a hypodermic needle mm-hmm. in a life she doesn't remember blows a hole through her wall. 
coming back for vengeance, and she throws her daughter like 10 feet across the yard into a treehouse. It's got this crazy Stooges action. Yeah, it yeah. segues into actual just men getting riddled with tons of bullets and kids just violently pissing themselves <laughs> just in close-up shots of kids' groins as they fill their pants with piss. Aww. Just, whoa, once you, know, once you know kids can just, like, <laughs> steam hot piss in their cheese, you're just like, what else could happen in the long oh, kiss good night? And then you now get semi-trucks flying off like bridges into snowbanks and... Oh, man. Some insane explosions. Some great 1996 Escape from L.A. CGI where yes. you get like a really off-color gray like screen with a guy like. It's that great 1956 odd where it's like, well, it's 40 years later and we still can't quite get those backgrounds. And, yeah, the scene where Sam Jackson gets blown out. It's like a great like half CGI Probably some stunt man at the end. Yeah, and then and then like this obvious ADA of like ah! <laughs> Jackson screaming. I loved it, man. Yeah. So many people fly out windows and buildings. In this flick. There are so many times where they could have just obliterated this Gina Davis. Oh yeah, assassin that everyone is trying to kill all the time, and <laughs> nine times in this movie they like. Well, we could just shoot you full of holes now, but. We're gonna lock you in a freezer and walk away. It's nothing but Bond villain after Bond villain, just with their new just nefarious plan. Like so many perfectly done cliches. It's such a no more heroes game where she keeps meeting up with <laughs> the next dude that's gonna betray her. Yeah. And uh, but there's so many great lines along the way, and so many great outfits, and her transition from into the blonde, uh, mm. like that. I mean, you're talking Charlie's Theron roles. Jeez, yeah. I mean, it's not no stretch at all. It's also got great Charlize Theron lines where she makes kind of cracks about her like body being bad when mm. she's just the hottest woman anybody's seen. <laughs> you know, like she's she was saying like eight years of being a suburban housewife gave her like a a big ass. Talking about being a frumpy, and she's yeah, like a like... six foot one, <laughs> gorgeous. I was like, it's like that great degrading uh, action star dialogue yeah. that never works, and uh, I love it. Man, Dude. she's not in a fantasy. Man, she's on the goddamn PTA. Yeah, and but but it, yeah, her her uh, turning into the badass is just—it's such a great transition. The piercing eyes that she can that she turns on yeah, halfway through this dark movie. moments and those and just killing the, machine moments. The, oh. the yeah, the language that comes out of her mouth. I love her so in this good. flick. Suck my it. dick. <laughs> Gina Davis says, suck my <laughs> dick in this movie. She offers Sam Jackson a blowjob, too. <laughs> no strings attached. And Jackson gentlemans it up. Yep. And he admits to not having a blowjob in like a, over a decade. <laughs> but the way he says it perfectly, last time I got blown, candy bars cost a nickel. <laughs> no one talks like that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so, so many great. so many bits like it's that. It's so good. The movie's filled with these bits and these increasing levels of villainy and these guys all have their own levels of villain scheme. That that one British actor, he's like going to kill 4,000 people. There's <laughs> like they all got their own side shit going on. JD Spradlin's just spreading peanut butter extra thick in stress Can wearing you the most say healthcare. <laughs> God. What so all-time legendary voice. Put him up with like M. Emmett Walsh, mm. G.D. Spradlin, love him. And this movie's just full of things I love, full of... It's why when you uh, kind of fairly rank Escape from L.A. really low, you look at that 1996 CGI, and it's tough to not feel dumb about Kurt Russell's surfing. Yeah, in, but, that, that one's tough. But I can't stop loving that these directors that I love got to do, like... I get to blow a fourth guy out of a building. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Set it up. And I I just I'm getting in the phase of my movie watching where I like seeing directors and screenwriters just get to do a thing. Mm. Cutthroat Island, you know, we talked how it came five years before the uh <laughs> the biggest pirate movie in the history of 60 years of pirate movies. Somehow there's like seven of those Pirates of the Caribbean movies now. Yeah, and all of them are huge. Yeah. And Cutthroat Island is was a punching bag for jokes for years. The, the movie that gets made fun of on The Critic. 
mm. or at the Oscars. Yeah. You know, it's get infamous jokes about bombs. It's like Ishtar gets to wipe its brow and like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. finally. Waterworld's just like, whew, taking, yeah. taking the heat off, you know? When's the postman come out to take this shit over? <laughs> and that sucks because now the only pirate movie we're ever going to get is Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, Cutthroat Island, the coolest movie about pirates, the funnest movie that I've seen about pirates, just bombed for reasons I don't understand. Five years too early. Well, like Not this- associated with a name that people... Cutthroat yeah. Island's a cool name. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool name. Well, right. And, th- and this movie's a perfect kind of example of like, yeah, the Bourne movies come out, you know, 10 years later. Five years Huge later. Huge hits. Bourne's like six years later. And now... Any spy movie is going to be like Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible or like a Jason thing. Statham. Oh, yeah. Something like That's that. That's it. That's all we're going to get. And it makes no sense, man. Yeah, Shane Black cool knew noir. how to rip from Robert Ludlum before <laughs> yeah. the more successful people knew how to rip. from. It's crazy that Pirates of the Caribbean is now our only pirate franchise. It's like, well, look at what it's like if Independence Day was just a fucking bust. Mm. And then eight years later, there's the biggest alien invasion movie ever. <laughs> and Independence Day made like $8 million. Right. It was just a total laughing stock. It makes no sense. That's where Cutthroat Island is for me. And Long Kiss Goodnight's right there with that's, those 90. That's Stir of Echoes coming out like six months before The Sixth Sense. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, no, but there's actually a good ghost movie. Existence like six months before The uh, Matrix. Yeah, yeah exactly. Tough. That's tough, man, right? Can you imagine if we were getting existence resurrections this year <laughs> instead of the Matrix? Yeah, man, I love the Matrix, but if, if I'm totally gonna go if, see that. Oh shoot, but, yeah, yeah. But, but if Cronenberg still got to be making like a sci- uh, like sci-fi sequel, yeah, sci-fi sequel franchise, give it to me. <laughs> but it doesn't happen all the time, and I love that. I just I love now more that these movies got to be made. I love that yeah, Rennie yeah. Harlan got given sixty-five to ninety million dollars to just blow on increasingly bigger and bigger explosions and bigger and bigger semi-trailer accidents and original ideas though like yes. this is not based on a video game or a book or you know no it's a and cutthroat island to the best of my knowledge was like an original yeah pirate adventure cool the last one we're getting <laughs> cool yeah exactly. the last not, one not based on like a ride from yeah the 50s. <laughs> but now everything's the jungle cruise or it's yeah mission impossible like i said yeah it's we like, can't get just a, a jungle adventure movie it has to be the jungle book be, or a, the jungle yeah, cruise yeah. man it's gonna be uncharted with, you know, right it's all we get game. this was we grew up in that perfect rhino store era where there was just you know you could make a game of nes game called pirates yeah you know that was one of the biggest games of you know my friend had pirates it was coolest Mm -hmm. you could make a pirate movie you could make this cool female assassin movie that didn't have to finally be a seagal movie god him squinting his way through a tight jeans explosion movie him just looking at himself in the mirror like all uh, right i take it back that would be a blonde version of seagal like remember me i'm the other steve if you got a slicked back blonde seagal (laughs) looking at his body going i got a lot of scars (laughs) How old do you think I am? <laughs> I'm Maybe I should reconsider this. That could be... I would probably rather see that from 96 Seagal than what we were getting from 96 Seagal. Yeah, right. So, okay. But I love this movie, and it really is a, a Christmas movie. This is a movie that ends up on Christmas as much as Home Alone ends up on Christmas. Definitely. This movie builds to Christmas, and... I love the build of this movie. I love how he knew which tricks were his biggest tricks, which ones he knew how, when to save for what moment. The movie just kept building from one insane Bond plot to the yeah. other. I like when the bullets don't hit. I like when this fun shit gets to happen. Mission Impossible movies are weirdly serious. Mm-hmm. On Kiss Goodnight managed to be serious and very, very fun. This is a movie. This is a theater movie. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get to see this in the theater when I was 15. I saw it on, you know, rental stores. But this is a kind of movie that should be in revival cinemas from the 90s. And this like, is the era ripe for it. Like all great 90s movies, you get your Larry King cameo right Dude, at the end. I'm not going to look up Larry <laughs> King's IMDb, but that guy has played Larry King and the closing credits of more movies. Yeah. 
This guy is just interviewing every fake. Mo- oh my god! <laughs> Can't escape that guy with, for with, like with thirty-five the, years of with cinema. the disgruntled ex-wife and the son watching, going, "Dad is a hero." Oh man, we do get the call we back. Get the call up. Back. We get the call back. The it wasn't just the back. tell your mom I steal locally. <laughs> I don't steal locally. He gets to realize Sam Jackson's be a, a hero. good dad, huh? Yeah. It's a night. Ni- the movie does have heart. Shane, Definitely. Shane Black actually knows when to hit the balance of heart and uh, uh, machismo. Right. You can uh, you can have the fun this Sam Jackson like- almost crashing a car on an icy road because he wants to see a jogger's bouncing tits. Yeah. When you think about it, though, this is like maybe the most heroic Sam Jackson role. Like he's the best good guy version of himself in this. Definitely. Right. You keep, dude, did you keep expecting him to turn for the whole movie? I didn't remember if he turned or not. I hadn't seen it in such a long time. Because he's like concerned with her like mental well-being in this movie. He's like, you know, maybe you uh, didn't hate yourself so much when you were this other person. And like, maybe that's a good thing. He was was spouting some pretty smart stuff for a 1996 action movie script. That's part of why I loved his performance so much. It wasn't just him talking in slang that he can say. His, His character had heart. His character, like you said... Yeah. Was the one that cared about her mental well-being, even her husband and kid. They weren't really allowed to um, care about her well-being the same, because they were wisely kept out of it until the big Craig Bierko villainy turn. <laughs> Craig Bierko, man, kidnapping the kid at the he end. He does man. call an eight-year-old a bitch. That's <laughs> a, man. I guess that's a pretty hard villain move. There right? is like, yeah, there's like a span of like ten minutes in this movie where they. They call either Gina Davis or her daughter a bitch like seven times. Craig Pierco calls her, like ooh. Craig Pierco calls the daughter my bitch. Yeah, I don't know why this is the dude you're going bad for. I, Tony nominated Craig Pierco. I Charlie. thought Timothy was a good Timothy. kind of uh, threatening villain. Can you imagine seeing your name is Timothy after seeing the other guy got Mitch Hennessy? Yeah, we're all out of cool names. Sorry, Mitch Hennessy. <laughs> we can't I guess it's a smart rule though. You can only you don't want to distract from the cool names by giving another guy yeah, yeah. you know, a cooler name. Yeah, yeah. You gotta keep the cool name the cool name. One guy already got to be David Morse got to be Daedalus. Daedalus. That's a hitman name. Yeah. He got the secret Daedalus reveal. So they already are like, we've already thrown in a couple of distracting and cool names. You're Timothy. You're distracting in a different way. I get distracted every time they they call her Charlie. I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) Charlie Baltimore is a cool name. Anytime Charlie shows up in a movie, I'm happy. That's an automatic win for you. I've heard that. Big time. But this is a great movie, and it is a Christmas movie. This is a fun action movie that doesn't doesn't skimp on any kind of things that are people that cliffhanger fans would be into. It just has a female lead. Do you think it would be more popular? With a male lead? Oh, I'm sure it would have killed. Do you think it? No, right. I don't know. I don't so know. So picture 1996 Stallone. Not really like the hottest commodity then. Same with Seagal. Sure, sure. Do you think this could have been a comeback movie, or do you think it would have been an even bigger bomb? Do you think da- Davis helped this? It's, I, you know, it's tough in retrospect, because now it feels in 2021, yeah, it's uh, It obviously. feels so obvious now. But if but I don't know Cutthroat what the, Island has just bombed, maybe the Gina Davis name isn't helping as much. Well, plus women weren't getting lead action movie roles in 1996. You know, there was it was either that Bridget Fonda point of no return, or it was something yeah, yeah. like yeah, Pam- you, you had your La Femme Nikitas and, and whatnot. Sure, but that was that was almost art house cinema. Yeah, yeah. You know, not everybody was seeing the professional. That wasn't right. playing in every. We, we theater. weren't quite there with Angelina Jolie yet. Yeah, it was instead stuff like. Pam Anderson in barbed wire. Ooh, yeah. Or like straight Take to girl. video Jim Wynarski <laughs> kind of stuff. That was the only stuff with female, you yeah, know, yeah. Cynthia Rothrock right. level of stuff, like, which is great. Maybe, maybe that's it. Like, like we were saying, but sh- by, by 96, this movie almost feels like it could be a throwback to like an 89 action USA. Sure. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This it was giving me. It like, really does feel like. Uh, uh, what's that Brian Bosworth movie? Stone Cold. Oh, 
I like, can't the, believe the we bad done guy, stone the cold. bad guy gang of like all the guys in black <laughs> was very like stone cold feeling. So yeah, yeah. stone yeah. cold had like Lance Henriksen and uh, William Forsythe yeah, as yeah. the bad guys. This movie, but this movie has its you own. You say Craig Bierko's not up to Lance? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. Forsythe doesn't have a Tony nomination. It's so, but. I love the the guys we do get in this, and yeah. the performances are all really well tailored for this kind of stuff. It's a great flick, and yeah, I think it it doesn't have that same. Like I said, I couldn't find this playing on any channel. Mm-hmm. It's only on Tubi. It's that's weird. This, it deserves this is, better. This deserves better than yeah. that. This, I have a feeling it'll it'll catch on. People will come seeking the other Shane Black. Uh, it'll it'll catch. I on. I'm sure. I'm sure it does have its cult following. Yeah. And but I that. mean, this isn't getting but, retro screen. I'm seeing Black Christmas at a theater next week. I don't get to see Long Kiss Goodnight in a theater ever. So I think we're getting there. We'll fix we'll this. We'll get the word out. All right. Yeah. We're on this. It came to this. It did come it's to this. It's the holidays. Happy Merry holidays. Merry Christmas. Every time this year, I always like to get in at least a few Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. If you've not seen The Long Kiss Goodnight as one of your, make a part of your holiday rotation. I don't think you'll be let down. This is great. Yeah. This is great Christmas fair. Best time of year to watch it. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm not talking about moving in, and I don't want to change your life. But there's a warm wind blowing the stars around, and I'd really love to see you tonight.